Praise the Lord. They said this works. How about that? Praise God. All right. It's good to be here with you tonight. And uh, it's not all bad tonight. I've been wondering a long time what it would take to get everybody off the back row, and we finally figured it out. <laughs> so it's all good. Well, we're going to get right into the Word, but before I do, I want to uh, have you, if you would, I want to do our declaration with you. Uh, don't able to put it on the wall, so I'll just say it, and you can repeat after me, okay? If you would, would you stand, please, and we'll go right out of this, right into the... Is it on the wall? Well, okay. <laughs> All right, it says, Lord, today by faith, we declare that we're walking the manifestation season. As your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and he has delivered us from all our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven and give him praise. If you'll just stay standing for me, please. Just I'm going to go ahead and do my scripture, and then we'll go in prayer, and then we'll get into this message. It's found in 2 Samuel, Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. And it says, Then David spoke. Some translations, most of them say he sang. To the Lord, the words of this song on the day the Lord delivered him from the hands of all, say all, all of his enemies, and from the hands of Saul. Brother Marvin, would you pray, please? Amen. 2 Samuel 22, 1, after that, following in the verses 2 through 51, contains the words of the song that David spoke in giving thanks to God for his deliverance from all of his enemies. Tonight, I want to talk about the breakthrough for you. How many of you, be honest tonight and show, show by responding, need a breakthrough somewhere in some situation in your life? Amen. Some need a breakthrough from a situation in your life, and you have endured your situation for so long, you've even come to decide it's not going to break. Some have even decided to believe it's what it is. This is just the hand that life has dealt me, and that even God refuses to change my situation. And that is, we spend more time praying for God to change our situation, for God to come down and change it, rather than ever praying, God, change me in my situation change my attitude about it, and never admitting or never recognizing I may have created my situation by my action, by my behaviors, by my attitude. Breakthrough means an offensive thrust that penetrates and carries beyond a defensive line in warfare. David had a breakthrough from his enemies and Saul. Breakthrough means an act or an instance of breaking through an obstacle, a sudden advance. How many of you are ready for a suddenly with your enemies tonight? where suddenly what was once held you captive is defeated. Suddenly you find yourself free. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But let me tell you, there's so many people, if they don't have a breakthrough soon, they're going to have a breakdown. 
And too many people don't believe they have a say-so in which way it goes. But I've come to remind you, oh, yes, you do, by the power that worketh in us. Too many people don't know how to work the power in you. Their life, there is life and death in your tongue. There's blessing and cursing. And by what you're speaking about your situation, it's all my fault. Nobody cares. It's always going to be like this. There's no use in living. If you continue that behavior, you're going to have a breakdown. Instead of declaring life with your tongue, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, that greater is he that is me than he that is in the world. Now, I want to take you to John chapter 5 for just a moment tonight. And I want to read this passage of Scripture to you. 5, beginning with verse 1, it says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool, which in the Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the sick, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? And he replied saying, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm waiting to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. I want you to raise your hand if you need God to do something in your life. I mean anything. If you need something done in your life tonight, raise your hand up. Would you hold it up high? That I need something. So if you look around the room, you'll see you're not the only one that needs something from God tonight. Every single one of us has something that we need from God. This man who was invalid, the subject of the story, had a breakdown in his life. One that had left him feeling defeated and bound by his conditions. In this passage, we're going to see a man who needed God to do something in his life. And we're going to see the importance of being in the right place at the right time. How many know that God has places? He has ordained places and moments planned for his people, just as he did throughout the Old and the New Testament, where he met and he showed up with people. This statement is validated by Scripture, which declares the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. He guides our steps in order to position us for moments and meetings with him, just like tonight. Experiences and encounters that can change our lives. Memories created of times and places where transformation took place. The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, walks beside us just as God walked beside Adam in the garden. God has certain times scheduled that he has scheduled to meet with us. God has a schedule because he has a plan. Our God is a strategic God. According to Jeremiah 1, God has a plan for it. Before we were formed in our mother's womb, he had a, a plan for us, our lives, and a purpose. And it didn't, didn't include being defeated. It didn't include being beat down or being bound or having a breakdown. Christ came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. But I want to tell you, unbeknownst to the man in this story, he left home that day. But little did he know he would meet with Jesus at this certain place. And that's the way a lot of us are. We approach our days never really considering today we may have a meeting with Jesus. Even when our day includes going to church, coming in here on Sundays with no expectation or having an encounter with God. It's too often more of a ritualistic pattern of coming in here week after week and leaving like you came in, oppressed, depressed, afflicted, beat down, tired, etc., etc. Leaving here with your uncomfortable condition and situations, they remain and they even tend to grow worse. 
You're like the man laying beside the pool of Bethesda watching others get blessed, touched, healed, while your condition you feel is unrepairable or it's greater than most. Meeting with Christ that day was not on his schedule, but I want to tell you, it was on Christ's schedule. And scripture reads in John 5, 1, it says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, it doesn't specify to us which festival. And in verse 2, it says, Now there in Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, was a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. One translation says five porches. In verse 3, it says, Here, say here. Say right here. The writer was designating there was a certain place right here. A great number of disabled people used to lie, the sick, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. And then verse 4 says, for an angel went down at a certain time. Say certain time. God has ordained moments. What, who do you think sent the angel into the pool that stirred up the waters? Then whosoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. The one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. See, Jesus was on his way to a festival, but he's led to stop by this place where the sick and the lame and the blind and the paralyzed had laid. These people who would gather there, knowing there was a possibility at a certain time when the angel would stir the waters, they could possibly get healed. They were there because they had an expectation. This man in our story, though, although he was there too, he didn't have an expectation of ever getting healed because he thought his condition prevented it from happening or ever being a possibility. Others who were there, although sick, blind, or even lame or paralyzed, could still move enough to get into the water, or they had someone there who could assist them to get in. This man had no one, so he felt God could touch everyone but him. He could only spectate, and he never could participate. And that still happens today. Okay, here we go. In our, in our very service, people sit in their conditions, and they believe God can do something for everyone else but them. They have no expectations, and they believe their condition is too big for God. And they sit back, and they watch everybody get touched but them. But deep down inside, they want to get touched too. Verse 6 says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? And the man replied in verse 7, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me to the pool when the water stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. He revealed his excuses. Now, I need to stop right here to make the most important point of the night I want to make and reveal to you. Your breakthrough begins for you when your excuses end. I want you to get your partner right now, and I want you to look at someone. I want you to turn to them and say, you're in the right place at the right time. Matter of fact, it's a certain time. Your time for a breakthrough in this place is right here, right now. You know what don't make sense to me? Is how people will come to church regularly. And have no desire or intention to change anything about their lives. Based upon what they've heard or experienced or learned even that day. I mean, preachers can preach their guts out. And people can hear what they are saying. Preachers are sharing the promises of God with you. They're giving you instructions for righteous living. And they're encouraging your faith. But they're only ever are hearers of the words and they're never doers of the words. 
We share biblical principles that will help change lives. We share faith that will help strengthen your lives. We share hope to encourage your lives. But they're not willing to change. But they want their circumstances to change. You know, I heard of a guy tell a story one time. How he regularly went to the gym. Said he met two other guys who were also there too. One's name was Rusty. He was this big, strong bodybuilder. You could tell he got a lot out of being in the gym. But the other guy's name was Bubba. He was nowhere even close to being as buff as old Rusty was. Yet he was there before Rusty came in, and he's still there when Rusty left. He was always there, but Rusty just came three times a week. He said one day he asked Rusty, he said, I've noticed Bubba don't look nothing like you, yet he's here every day for hours. Why is that? He said, because Bubba don't come here to lift weights. All he does is come in here and walk around and talk to everybody and check out the girls in the aerobic classes. Bubba is a creeper. So in other words, the reason Rusty is buff and Bubba isn't, Rusty comes in and applies himself, and Bubba didn't take anything serious. He has no desire to change himself. It's like people who come to church, mind made up. No matter what you preach or who preaches, your mind is made up, I will not change. I'm not sure dynamite would move them. Too many walk in with boundaries set. I'll only go this far and not a step further. Oh, but we got circumstances and we got situations we wish God would change and don't mind if he does. We got a spouse acting up. We got a child rebelling. We got an unfair boss. Most people love the idea of God changing their circumstances or even changing others more than they know about God changing them. There was a pool in Jerusalem by the sheep gate called Bethesda where a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed people laid. Now, let me say something. Every single one of us has conditions of some kind, whether they're physical, mental, spiritual, or emotional in our lives, if we'd all be honest. But the thing about spiritual and emotional conditions, we're good about hiding them. You can live in that condition a really long time. A survey was done asking people, what is the biggest need in your life you need God to change? They said the survey showed 99% of the people all said they need God to change a circumstance in their lives. Some needed a breakthrough in their marriage, a breakthrough in their child who was out of control, needed a breakthrough with a situation at their factory. Do you know what was not said? Do you know what was lacking? Someone saying, I need a breakthrough. I'm selfish. I'm self-righteous. I'm a gossiper. I struggle with sin. I need God to set me free. No one asked God to change them, only their situations. You want to know what would really start revival in our land? When people begin to ask God to change them. When people would ask God to create in them a clean heart with clean hands and renew me in a right spirit. I realize I need to get me, me right before I can get things right. Start with me, God. I need a breakthrough. I can't help my marriage until I get right. It's not all his fault. I can't help my kids until I get right. In verse 2, Jesus makes a detour on the way to the festival. Jesus is always more interested in people more than a festival. Of all the people that were Bethesda, it said a great multitude. Jesus was focused on the man with the worst possible condition. The one who was bound by his condition, hindered all alone, who had no help. You see, Jesus in our very present help in times of trouble. Jesus walks up to this man at that place, at that time, at a certain time. May I tell you tonight is a certain time. Certain means guaranteed time. God operates in certain time. You can count on him if he said it. He meant it. 
He said he'll stick closer with you than a brother, and he will. You can be certain of that. He said he is the Lord God that healeth thee, and he can, because he's certain of that. He said he'll never leave you or forsake you, and he won't. You can be certain of that. He deals with certain time. This man had no expectations that day in his life. Was going to be anything different? After all, he'd been in this condition for 38 years. He had resided to his condition, but Jesus seen him in his condition and was aware he'd been in that condition a long time, according to Scripture. Now look at your neighbor and ask them, are you getting this tonight? See, Jesus proceeded to ask him, do you want to get well? Now I'd like to pass that question on to every single one of you all tonight. Do you want to get well? We're now fixing to learn where breakthrough begins. He asked him, do you want to get well? He didn't ask him, do you want to feel better? There's a big difference between feeling better and being made well. We can come to church and feel better and never get well. We can come to church and feel comfortable and leave unchanged. That's what this pool represented, a place to be comfortable. It was a place to hang out with others with similar disabilities and conditions, therefore making you feel better about your own dysfunction. Maybe you feel better No, you're not the only one. It is said that birds of a feather flock together. Their disabilities make you feel better about yours. Their conditions are no better than yours. We're all in the same boat. Just as preachers make us a feel-good message. Just make us feel better. So we just hang out by the pool. Been this way too long. I have no hope of ever being made well. In John 5 verse 3, we read about this place called Bethesda. It means house of mercy. It said it had five porches. Five is the number of grace. So it's to say in chapter 5, Jesus was full of grace and mercy that day. People came to this place for a reason, which we found out in verse 4. Because an angel would come down at a certain time in the pool and stir the water. Is that not what we pray all the time when we are in situations and we need God? God, please come down. It goes on to say, when the angel came down and stirred the water, the first person to get in was healed of whatever disease they had. In other words, the first one in wins, putting this man, who was an invalid, at a very big disadvantage. That's not how it is with Jesus. He's not a respecter of persons. That's how religion works. First one wins. The person with the most titles, the most knowledge, the perf perfect church attendance. But that's not how grace works. This is what grace does. Jesus walked up to the one who would have been the last one in line, saying to him, I'm making you first. I would leave the 99 for the one. Greater the desperation, greater the chance of a miracle in your life. And too many of you are sitting in grave situations thinking you're the least of everyone, but I came to tell you God's got his eyes on you, saying, I won't ever leave you, nor will I ever forsake you in your condition. I know right where you're at. I know how long you've been there. I know what you're going through. So I came by night to meet you at a certain place, this place, at a certain time right now. And I'm here to ask you, do you want to get well and not just better, that you want to be made well? If you need something from God, guess what? Tonight, you're in the right place at the right time. This is the place for revival, for breakthrough is here. We got people so desperate that they're begging God to come down. And I've come to tell you that's not the way to get something from your Heavenly Father. You don't have to beg Him for what He's already bought you. 
You just have to have faith. You don't have to beg him for what he died to give you, to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. His grace is sufficient. Now, this man had reasons for why he believed he could not receive. When Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? He replied in 5-7, sir, I have no one to help me. Isn't it crazy how we can be in the presence of an unlimited God, and yet we set stuck in our conditions? We look towards man to help us instead of God. Now, everything the man said was true. It was a fact. But did he know faith has the ability to override facts? He started to explain to Jesus, here's the way things work around here. Every time the angel stirs the water, before I can get in, someone goes ahead of me. What he wasn't getting, Jesus was trying to tell him, I saw you couldn't get to the water, so I have come by to bring the water to you. This is how God's grace works. When you can't get to him, he can get to you. Breakthrough begins when my excuses end. When I can't become, when I say I can't and I can't becomes I can, I can, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. After hearing all the men's reasons, which all of them revolved around people, they won't help me. They go ahead of me. They, they, they. In other words, it's everybody else's fault. Jesus hears his excuses But then he tells him in verse 8, get up, get up. Now, could it be possible, and this is just a question I have, that while you are waiting for God to come down, God is waiting for you to get up. Maybe breakthrough doesn't begin until you're willing to get up, until you decide, I'm not blaming no one else anymore. I'm not going to blame my mom no more. I'm not going to blame my dad no more. I'm not going to blame the teacher no more. I'm not going to blame the preacher no more. I'm not going to blame my boss no more. I'm getting up, and I'm just simply asking God to change me to do a work in me. This is the place where breakthroughs begin. This is a manifestation season, and I'm getting up, and I'm going to walk again. This is a certain time For our church now, it's a time you can be certain. You can meet Jesus right here, right now, at this certain time. But the question is, will you get up? Will you pick up your mat, your conditions, and come lay it down right here tonight? Now, I want to go back to my opening scripture. So many people are overwhelmed by your enemies and have allowed him to keep you bound because you have fought for so long. And you're so tired. It's been one thing after another thing. You have had so much stuff come against you. You have bought into it's never going to change. And you've allowed him to win while you lose. Well, let me show you something. David has probably fought more enemies than anyone else in the Bible. That man, from the beginning of his calling, fought battle after battle after battle. But you need to see what's going on here in David's life finally in this passage of Scripture. Finally, he had fought his last battle, and finally he reached his promise to sit on the throne as king of Israel. But had he not been willing to fight, he never would have made it, had he not had God on his side. And here in this passage, it's finally a day of celebration because he declares God has defeated all of his enemies. Are you ready for God to defeat all of your enemies? It says, David spoke to the Lord the words of this song 
on the day the Lord had delivered him from the hands of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. What's taking place here is a celebration. It was a day of deliverance for David and for all the people of Israel. Finally, after a long time and after a lot of enemies, according to 2 Samuel 5 and 20, David defeated the Philistines at a place he named Belperezim. The name meant master of breaches, which is significant. 2 Samuel 5, 20 says, And David came to Belperazim, and David smote them there. And he said, The Lord hath broken forth upon my enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore, he called the name of the place Belperazim, which signifies the master of breaches, where the Philistines were broken in upon and broken to pieces, of which God was the author, which gave David the victory over his enemies. David was saying, God broke through and destroyed his enemies like a mighty force of water would destroy a riverbank. He declared God went before him, making it possible for him to have victory. David was rejoicing over the final defeat of his enemies and even mentioning the hand of Saul specifically being one of his greatest enemies. After triumphing over all his enemies and receiving his throne as king finally, David throughout the years had numerous enemies and numerous battles. He fought the Philistines, he had fought the Moabites, he had fought the Syrians, he had fought the Ammonites, he had fought the Edomites. So could you imagine the celebration he was having this day? He sang the words of this song, giving God, the master of the breaches, the master of the breakthrough, all glory for delivering him from all of his enemies that day. In Samuel 22 and 2, he sang, the Lord is the rock and my fortress and my deliverer. In 22 and 30, he's saying, for by you I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. In 22 and 40, he's saying, for you have armed me with strength for the battle. Somebody needs to claim that one right there. You have subdued me under those who rose against me. In 22 and 48, he's saying, it is God who avenges me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. I'm here to tell those who have fought and fought battle after battle, the Lord on this day wants to go before you and defeat your enemies. He wants you to have a breakthrough. He wants to give you victory over your enemies. He wants to sing you to sing a song of celebration. He wants to break through like a mighty force of water breaks through a riverbank and flood your life. Not just to make you better, but to make you well again, free again, strong again, alive again. See, a breakthrough is an offensive thrust that penetrates and carries you beyond a defensive line in warfare. It is an act or an instance of breaking through an obstacle. Anybody feel they got an obstacle in your way? God can remove them. A person's first notable success and when they just want a real breakthrough is when they get up and come and get it. For a lot of people, that's the first step of success for them. How's that? By their actions of responding shows they're not willing to stay in their condition any longer, enough is enough. And when you sit there in your condition day after day, week after week, year after year, all people see is a defeated individual. But when you begin to rise up, take up your bed and walk, your actions portray your willingness to change. See, a breakdown is a failure to function. You sit in misery. It's a failure to progress. You make no effort to change. But know this tonight. Say tonight, God has places, and this is a place tonight where your breakthrough can begin. Your breakthrough begins when, you're, when your excuses end. It's not about who caused it. It's not about whose fault it is. How long has it been? 
How many times you've been in prayer lines before and nothing changed? If you'll lay down your excuses and with God's help get up from your condition, pick up your bed, your condition, and walk up here and meet with God at this certain ordained time tonight and ask God to change you in spite of your conditions. When you change, your conditions will change. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. There's a lot of space up here at this altar. So now what are you going to do? God has a certain place right here tonight to meet with you at a certain time. And the question becomes, will you get up and walk to meet him here tonight and receive your breakthrough and let God defeat your enemies and claim your victory? It begins with you. If Jeff or somebody can play a guitar or something can come here and wants to begin to play, go ahead. God has been setting this up for this night for weeks now. It's a different kind of night. It's been a hindrance tonight. But one thing the enemy can never stop, with or without a PA system, he can't stop the voice of the Lord. Minister after minister, God has, through their voices, been prepping and prompting this body for what he's about to do. The pastor's been warning you of the spirits at work against your lives. And I tried to do my best last Sunday night to try to help you understand what season we're in by telling you we declare we're walking in a manifestation season. I shared that we are declaring that right now is that season. And the important thing to know about a season is a season can end. And our concern is too many people are going to miss it. You have to get in while the water is being stirred. Melody has spoken on a Wednesday night, instructed this body to pray for light, to declare his word over your life. Zach's been preaching about his time to be the church. Then I want to tell you something that happened Wednesday night. Heather Wilcutt comes along last Wednesday night, and she has no idea how significant what she said was. I'm going to share how significant it was. I started to Wednesday night, but I wanted to wait to the night knowing what I was preaching. Her scripture text was in Zechariah 10. That begins by saying, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. She had said she didn't really know why she was in this chapter, but I did, and the pastor did. She was delivering another piece of the puzzle to God's plan. See, because last summer at prayer conference, after the service was over that night, Jonathan Ziegler had preached that night. And after service, he came down to where the pastor and Sister Jenny and I know Kathy Powell and Rhonda Burden was there and perhaps maybe Susan was there and others, I don't recall who else, and myself. He came boldly and said to us, I have a word for the palace that God told me to speak to you. And he said, it is found in Zechariah 10. The Lord told me to tell you and your congregation to ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. He said, when it starts to rain, it's time to pray for more rain. So let me tell you what happened Wednesday night. God used you, Heather, to remind us what we'd been told and the instructions we'd been given, that it was time to pray for more rain. And God used you, Heather, to remind us of his prophetic word and his instructions. You see, your timing was so significant because here we are walking in a manifestation season, we're declaring. And you have reminded us to pray for more rain. So I had knelt down and I prayed that night. But what was so amazing as we prayed that Wednesday night, 
you could hear a downpour of rain hitting the ceiling. It was raining so hard in this building. And I asked God, why do we need to pray for more rain? He says, because I want to saturate everyone in here with a spiritual rain, with an abundance of rain. I'm not just wanting to do this for a handful. And immediately I saw this picture in my mind. As it began to rain inside this building. There were some that were sitting here under an umbrella. And the umbrella represented they didn't want to get wet. It was their covering. They didn't want to become as a little child. But when it rained then, you'd beg your daddy, can we go out in the rain? And as a child, you didn't care how wet you got. It was so refreshing to run out that door and just let it pour on you. You didn't have hang-ups. You didn't have hindrances. You just wanted to get wet. And God is saying it's time to take your umbrellas down and be saturated with His Spirit. This season isn't just for a few. It's an open invitation to all of you. Don't lay there by the pool in your condition and watch everybody else get wet but you and make excuses why you can't get in during this manifestation season. And God is saying tonight, get up, get up, pick up your bed and walk. Come to the place of a breakthrough for you. Would you stand with me tonight? I knew I wasn't going to be long tonight because it's not about me. It's about him. It's about you and him. And God is saying to this body tonight, regardless of the situation or what, how things have come to start tonight, the way he wants it to end tonight is by you coming and finding you a place right here, right now, at this certain time and receiving a breakthrough in your life. It's time for the, for the spiritual rain to begin to fall in this place. And he doesn't want you sitting there with an umbrella over your head saying, I'm okay. I don't want to get wet. What you need to do is get wet. Throw it down and come as a little child and come and find out how refreshing it can be in your life once again to get a breakthrough in your life. And I'm going to begin to invite you. Would you come? If you say, I need a breakthrough in my life, I'm ready to walk in this manifestation season. And I'm just going to come by faith tonight. And I'm going to bring my conditions to God. And I'm going to stand right here at this ordained moment, at this time, at the right place, at the right time. And I'm just going to allow God to come down and give me a breakthrough in my life. If that's you, I want you to begin to move in this place. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. God can change your situations. God can change your direction. God can change your conditions. But you've got to be willing to say, I'm not going to set no more. When God moves, I move. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And God is ready to move upon you right where you are right now at this certain time. Don't wait for another time. This is a season. You don't want to miss this season. Whatever you have and you have need of from God, you bring that thing forward right now. And we're going to pray over you. I believe God's going to begin to move and give you a breakthrough in your life and your conditions. Hallelujah.